Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. All right, welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A, where we declared Lauren the winner of the ABSA for Excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Thaddeus, and I'm here with Tom and Lauren discussing Jackass Junior High, the first episode of our Costume Mania unit. We're going to start part B by roughly following the categories from part A's ABSA Fever Round. Everyone will get to share what other items they have on their lists, and I, as host Supreme, will get the chance to share my favorites from the episode as well. So let's start with our favorite scenes. Um, we went over a couple in our which scene would you show to a new person. Lauren, what's another scene that you had down as one of your favorites? Um, another of my favorites was the scene with Bill insulting Mark Davis. Yes. <laughs> you know, it starts yep. with the, the honking of the horn and the shoe polish on the tooth <laughs> gag, which was very visually funny, especially the way, like, Bill's just refusing to speak or open his mouth while he's honking a horn. Uh, and then we got Mark Davis's reading of the ad, which was so cheesy and really not that funny. And yet Jimmy and Dave are, like, falling all over themselves laughing yeah, about it. And then we got the funny boohoo line that totally sucked from Bill, followed by his apology, which is actually another insult. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the scene was just like hilarious. I'm sorry, you're not all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I as far as usable quotes go, I think that funny like those were like not funny ahas, but like boo hoo, that totally sucked. I'm like, that's definitely something you could use in real life. Like that scene is definitely giving me something I can work with. That was definitely on my list of quotes. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that is definitely a great scene with, with them in the office together. And then he flips it, right? He's just insulted. Mark Davis, like, pulls out the horn and, like, once again, just throws Bill's whole bit right back in his face and everybody responds. Like, I really enjoyed that scene, too. That's on my short list here. Um, Tom, what was another scene you had on your list of uh, favorites? Uh, the break room scene with the milk and cigars and um, <laughs> s- general semi-nudity. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny, like just Lisa coming in and then their immediate quick change in, and having everything look just so before uh, Cheryl comes in. Yeah, which I think is definitely doable. I, I have that to mark down as like, I think they could have done that clean up and change in the amount of time they had. I actually think that wasn't crazy. I, oh, I, I thought they, that I thought that that's among they, my they enigmas. They changed their clothes. Yeah. they took away all, all the, the milk, all the paraphernalia, <laughs> all over the table. Set up like nice, you know, glasses and silverware and napkins. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think so. That was. You know, that we'll was talk about we'll talk about it in enigmas. We'll go through okay. a little bit more yeah. enigmas, okay. but like, <laughs> I think they could have done it. But like, yeah, but the whole scene in general, like, it is very kind of uh, you know, quote unquote frat house. You know, kind of just like guy space. One guy's got no shirt on, eating a chicken leg. <laughs> just with a cigar, just boxers. Uh, yeah, 
Okay, so poor Wallace is sitting on a chair drinking milk. I was like, well, I guess he had to do something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a good scene. Um, one of the scenes we we mentioned really briefly, I think, but like when the when Lisa and Bill start to commiserate together, uh, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm funny, aren't I? I'm a woman, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And then Bill hits it with the prove it line, <laughs> which is actually hilarious. Right. You know, like yeah. like they're so close to vibing, and then Bill, boom, he goes for the comedy over the human element. Uh, which I totally approve of, and I I really like that small scene between them. You know, like you really don't see the two of them on the same page. Also in the, no. in the series, you know, like that no. was a, a small moment there. But um, <laughs> I really like the way that scene was framed too. The way Bill kind of swoops into her desk, right. you know, and mm-hmm. he's leaning on it. Um, and the way Lisa seems like genuinely defeated. Um, and then the look on Bill's face when he's like, see, made you laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like he's so delusional. He can't even see how delusional he is. It was a tiny scene, but it was really great. Right. Yeah, I agree. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, Laura, did you have any other ones on your list? Um, it was sort of part of uh, the scene that Tom picked, that first educational tour scene. But mm-hmm. I want to include that part where Matthew brings the tour into Bill or into Dave's office while Dave's okay. on the phone. Um, I I just thought it was really funny. Like he got some really great lines in there, and the fact that Dave has no idea what's going on, and then yeah. finally he just like gives up on the phone call, and I, that was that was a highlight of that scene for me. But I think you do consider that like part of the whole scene of like the Charles D. microphone tour. <laughs> yeah, I I can see. Um, I see if you want to add it all in as one part, like it. Yeah, it gives you a lot when you kind of go from beginning to end of uh, of that section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely, and I like that too. I, I also had written down when he's explaining the booth and the kid is schooling him. You know? <laughs> Dave's like, you're right. Because like, I know I'm right. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I'm not rooting for you. Too. Now you're a brat again. Like, hey, you were so close. Um, yeah, just, I, I, I enjoyed that one there. Tom, did you have another uh, scene that you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah, the, the conference table scene at the end um, where the, the tour is being very disruptive to Dave during the meeting. <laughs> but then Matthew... Uh, talking about how how Bill just needs to shut up, which is way out of like way out of left field, yeah. um, and, and <laughs> Jimmy like yeah, but other than that he's okay. Oh yeah, he's like a god or something, and, <laughs> and then and then Bill coming in and doing the whole droopy dog impression to mock Dave. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there was kind of a lot built up in that scene, but yeah. it's one of the things again, like right when you feel bad for Bill, you're just like this it's, poor guy's it, down. Yeah. He just completely takes the other way, and and by by thanking Dave quietly in the moment, right. completely mm-hmm. ruins Dave's ability to be upset about it. Completely upset, yep. about it. you know. Like <laughs> he tried to help him, and he just got roasted. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much uh, covers all the scenes that I had. I really, again, I liked when the guys look out the window. You know, when Jimmy rolls in, like, what's going on, dude? You know, and, and then, you know, Lisa leaves and <laughs> guess I got carried away, bro. No big. Um, but all of the, we're not looking at some woman. Here, check it out. <laughs> Baywatch poster on 16. Um, I, I really did enjoy that scene. It was, again, the whole guy aspect and, uh, and Lisa kind of being included, but... Not very considerately. Right. Yeah. That's it. All right. So uh, any other scenes anyone wants to mention? I think that hit on all my favorites. I mean, I guess just the like the little tea party scene was, I think, the only one that we didn't cover. But that was kind of funny mm-hmm. in, a, in a 
in its own way because of just how unexpected that was. Yes. Um, kind of like a precursor to the Finer Things Club on The Office. If, if you remember <laughs> that now. <laughs> yeah. Which smartened up and did not host theirs in the bathroom. If That's I true, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so <laughs> definitely bonus for that. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? I, again, I think the problem with that scene is it's just like it can't get the whole men's room aspect out of it. Like it is a good scene that goes through. It's like the men's room? That's where you do it? Right. <laughs> Should have said the stairwell. Right. Just, just anywhere but the men's room. Like that is like. I mean, I wonder if you ranked rooms like that of being like the grossest. Where does a men's room rank in general rooms that you could have? Like, that's like yeah, number one grossest. Yeah, it does yeah. not. <laughs> like <laughs> supply closets probably better. You know, I mean, mm. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'd rather much rather have tea in the supply closet. No question. <laughs> so you check with Matthew. It's <laughs> <laughs> the marquee to the supply closet. <laughs> Get the key. It's tea time. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the next category, our favorite quotes. Uh, what were some of the quotes that we had that uh, weren't mentioned? Uh, I, I just mentioned before, it wasn't funny, haha. It was more boohoo that totally sucked. Uh, <laughs> definitely one of my favorites. Definitely one that I hope to spring out on somebody one day. Um, Tom, what was a what was a, another quote that you really liked or, or you know, thought was good? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to really use it, but um, uh, this is... Dave Epithecus Erectus, <laughs> one of the very few in captivity. <laughs> I like that because that's, uh, you know, I think Epithecus is like a, a scientific term for different stages of human um, evolution. Yeah, I don't so, know what it means. Yeah. I actually don't know what that means. We're referring to specifically. Um, but like you mentioned before, you know, Matthew has that whole tier, the tour guide mannerism and yeah. tonisms mm -hmm. and, and just kind of the rhythms that real tour guides use. Right. Um, so it really, it really kind of amplifies it up a little bit. Um, Lauren, what was another quote that you enjoyed that you liked? I really like, but I, I wouldn't use it in real life because I think it's just too mean. Um, hey, would you go to hell? Let me show you where it is. <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, that was really aggressive. I was like, damn. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I could ever pull that off. I don't think anyone would take me seriously if I tried. But um, man, that was a great line. Um, I I wouldn't use it if I thought it was actually going to start a fight. But, you know, maybe Ooh. busting it out is like a joke insult, maybe. But just such a good line and, and unexpected. <laughs> it's, it's true. Especially like your boss. <laughs> like, why don't yeah. you go to hell? Let me show you the way. What? <laughs> um that's yeah bold um one of the quotes i really liked was was dave going my name is not deputy dave <laughs> like, just he's having no part of anything but like i don't know there's something about the way he said that i i just absolutely started cracking up when he said that it's too good um okay tom do you have another favorite line that we didn't get to um well it's it's pretty truncated but like it's uh, again one of these devices that they have to use on tv to cut off somebody but lisa says yeah. when she's being invited into the tea party so is it just another like your regular run-of-the-mill garden variety circle and then she's <laughs> stopped before she could say circle jerk um yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good i, I will say I 
I didn't include it in the Freezilla report, but I did find someone asking what that line was supposed <laughs> to mean. And everybody just let them know. And they were like, hmm, kind of wish I hadn't asked. Yeah, that's an Urban Dictionary link yeah. these days. Yeah. And I can find out about it. Yeah. Go to the streets. No. Yeah, go find out for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that that is really really funny and like, <laughs> it's like I wanted to try to figure out if I could bring it up before, and I was like, mm, we're just gonna nah, put <laughs> let that up. one ride. <laughs> that was that was a great example, of like the cutoff. You know, like somebody's about to say that that last part, and they just get cut off. Mm. So great catch, Tom. That's a great catch. Like like the Catherine, you know, when when Matthew's like, say something in Africa, Catherine like, shut the. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. I'm going to go back and give you a point in part A because that was <laughs> um, Laura, did you have any other quotes that we didn't get to? Um, I had a couple more. Um, one was, did someone recently tell you you're funny or something? <laughs> and But more than the line, I think it's the look on his face. Right. Like, he is genuinely confused. Like, where did Bill get the idea that he's funny? Like, he just plays it so earnest. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great line. <laughs> Yeah, I um I, I don't really have any more. I think I said like Matthew, you're different. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's such a good one uh, that you already mentioned. And um, yeah, it was weird. Like I actually had a tougher time coming up with quotes, uh, mm-hmm. but I found the scenes to be really really funny. So yeah. uh, Tom, do you have any more? I know Lauren's got a couple more. Yeah, um, I this was all part of Matthew's spiel when he brings the first group in, but um, when he says like looks like it's getting close to feeding time about Dave because he's getting annoyed with Matthew, which to me actually it, it kind of ties in with when Dave quits to smoking when when Dave quits coffee and Bill quits cigarettes yeah. and they both get really pissed at him because they haven't had their fix. <laughs> so it's like it relates to that somehow, I think. Nice. That was a good. That was definitely a good line. Like the tour guide aspect was pretty yeah. good by Matthew. Yeah. It's, and you guys both have him as MVP, correct? Yep. And that was yep. the reason. Was just his his whole tour guide persona was, you know, of course he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. But it's just At the, all. it's just the the way he does it is perfect. Like note perfect. Yeah, the tone yeah. and the cadence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. is dead on tour guide yeah. voice. Agree. All right, Lauren, what's another one of the ones you have left on your list? Um, I really just have one left. Um, and you guys had talked about the the setup for it. Prepare to be knocked on your ass, which is a great <laughs> line. But I really like Dave's follow-up. Ah, oh, damn, I'm already on my ass. Would you try me later? <laughs> <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> you would need such a perfect setup to use that in real life, right. but I'm, I'm never going to stop looking for it. <laughs> yeah. That was, his response is like a classic response. Like it's, ah, that's a good way to respond to that one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, Tom, any more? That's it for me. Okay, uh, before we move on to the next category, we're going to learn some fun facts about things mentioned in this episode in a segment we call Half Truths and Gorilla Dust. Tom, take it away. Okay, thanks, Dad. Um, so in this uh, episode. Um, we've got Phil Hartman doing uh, several voices. Um, the first one he does is Charlton Heston. Um, that's the I've been told I'm a gifted mimic. Um, okay. Which I did not know who that was. Yeah, that's that's who that was. He would did that on Saturday Night Live, um, uh, specifically like Soylent Green, 
Like, Soylent Green is made out of people. Um, he also does uh, President Clinton, which he also did on Saturday Night Live. And they refer to his Kirk Douglas impression, um, which, again, that was that was another one he did on uh, SNL at least once. Um, and finally, he also did uh, Droopy Dog and then a couple of other um, non-distinct like he just did like a kind of standard cartoony Irish accent. Um, (laughs) And then that other weird one that said, can I have a shot at it? Which is, I don't know what the heck that was supposed to be, but whatever the hell, (laughs) one of that, those is. Um, (laughs) Anyhow, um, Walt refers to uh, going to a, a, finding a nice charming little patisserie in the village. Um, Patisserie is a, is a bakery. That's how we use it. Uh, here in the U.S. is just kind of like any bake shop, any place that sells baked goods can can be referred to as a patisserie. But in France and Belgium, where the term originates, uh, it only refers to a bakery with a master pastry chef. You can't use the term unless you have a, a employed a master pastry chef. So, uh, in fact, in in Greenwich Village, which I assume is the village that he's referring to in this, there are there are several patisseries there so that you can still go to a charming little patisserie in the village today um charles d microphone we are we know that uh (laughs) charles d microphone did not invent the microphone did do you guys have any guesses as to who uh got the first patent for the microphone i have no no idea idea? okay it was uh alexander graham bell so maybe his second most famous invention got the patent in in 1876, so um, 17 years before WNYX was founded. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, makes the timeline work. Um, finally, uh, the the man of a thousand and one voices, which he's very, very, he really wanted to get that one in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark Jonathan Davis, Mark Davis. Um, he is... Uh, maybe better known now as his alter ego. Uh, he is he is part of a lounge act. Uh, his he goes by the name Richard Cheese, which is a, a sophomoric joke. Um, but and his his band is Lounge Against the Machine, and, and what they do is uh, these swing lounge covers of basically mm. like rock, rap, heavy metal, uh, pop songs, and they just do them. And I find it very funny. Um, if you get a chance, you can Google him or look it up on YouTube. Um, there's a really funny one he does of You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. Um, yeah. uh, he does Baby's Got Back, Gin and Juice, um, all kinds of different things in the swing style. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite ones, which is actually referred to, the song was referred to in news radio, was Hot for Teacher. So if you get a chance to check that mm. out, that's pretty funny. Okay. okay. That's all I've got for Half Truths and Gorilla Dust. All right. Thank you, Tom. That was some excellent Half Truths and some excellent Gorilla Dust. <laughs> I bring only uh, the finest Gorilla Dust. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes it such a quality podcast. That's right. Little do people know. I got a Gorilla wow, Dust guy. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our uh, our next 
review category here, the favorite gags, some of the favorite gags that we did not mention uh, in the first uh, part A of our episode here. So, uh, Lauren, what's one of your favorite gags that we didn't mention? There's so many in this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's one of the ones that you liked? Um, I liked the gag of no one laughing at Bill and everyone laughing (laughs) at everyone else's dumb jokes. Like, it really feels like the whole office is pranking Bill and they're all in on it. Like, when Walt turns the speak into the microphone joke around on him and uh, Bill basically just told the exact same joke. No one laughed, but they all thought Walt's joke was hilarious. They're all in on it. They're in on the play. I thought it was a very funny gag. (laughs) Yeah, I think think him kind of um, getting it thrown back at him, though, is the whole thing, though. Because Mark Davis with the horn. Right. He comes mm-hmm. in with a horn, Mark Davis hits him yep. with a horn on the way out. So it's like, it's not only that that one oh, time. No. It's like he, all it's of this funny out. stuff is getting thrown right back in his face. Yep. And he's watching other people enjoy the success. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I thought that was good for the episode. One of the best ones for the whole, overall episode. That was really great. Um, Tom, what was one of your favorite gadget bits we didn't get to yet? Uh, the, the return of your last name is Gorelli. Um, you know, it didn't really Classic. have an effect, but it's it's always good to get that. Classic. It's a fan favorite. Yeah. This was actually the fifth and final appearance of this gag in, wow. as far as the series goes. Really? It was only five times? It was only five that times, and this was the last one. Huh. Yeah. I, I'd have guessed like 15 at least, but that's so funny. It feels like yeah. more because it's, it's a fan favorite gag. Yep. Definitely more than five, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the other ones I liked is Matthew missing the high fives. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that, that one was really good, the way that they used that. <laughs> just, 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 that second too late, it just completely whiffing. I thought that was really good. Um, Lauren, what's another one you have on your list? Um, just the various voices that Bill did. I, I like that there was such a variety of the voices and that, um, you know, he's such a, he really is a gifted voiceover type of person. Right. Um, but then they made him pick all these voices that are, he, he just does such a hacky job at all of them and it comes off really cheesy. I thought that was a great joke. <laughs> that definitely was good. Um, Tom, do you have another gag that we didn't get to? Um, no, well, I think like one gag is just that Bill is going to like these old, like in order to be funny, he's going with these old played out uh, devices, like the horn that hasn't, yeah. that wasn't funny ever. Like, I mean, I guess Harpo <laughs> Marx did it. And I guess if you're going to be funny with that, that you can't talk, you just can't talk. And that's the only right. way it's funny. Uh, and, yeah. and the, the Groucho Marx. So it's like a lot of Marx brothers stuff. So it's like stuff from the thirties. Like that he's going back to to try to get people just, to laugh at, you know, the Groucho Marx glasses, like that is not, mm, that wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Just really hacky stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I really didn't catch on to that. That's an interesting thing to think about. I said, um, one of my other ones, uh, Lisa being called dude. Yeah, uh, she, she gets called dude a couple times, and I think that's really funny. I think I know a lot of women that hate to be called like dude or bro. They are not fans, <laughs> regardless of, of your connection to them. So I found it really funny, especially the way that the timing worked. Right, like she's in there talking to Dave, like I'm a woman, right? And then, you know, like Jimmy just rolls in, like look out, dude. <laughs> well, and we're used to that from Joe. Joe calls literally everyone dude. Yeah, but here we get it from everybody right. yeah. <laughs> you know so that, i think that was yeah. what, i mean again the opening, scene, 
Best Jimmy, where are you going, dude? <laughs> I think that's probably why like Lisa's calling uh, Bill Bro so much. You know, it's because she finally is like kind of jumping in a little bit. Guess I got carried away, bro. No big. What do we have here? Um. Okay, so I think that uh, I think that covers a lot of a lot of the gags and things. Does anybody have any other ones? No, sir. That was all I had. Awesome. I think I just mentioned. I don't know where to mention, but like. Matthew having trouble with the kids on tour, on the on the tours. Like I'm like, is is Matthew bad with kids? Is that something that we see throughout the series? Like, is it because I mean, like, it's really uh, adversarial. You know, it's yeah. it's really yeah. not just. It's like like there's something almost personal going on in that <laughs> that thing, conflict. So um, yeah, so, so that happened twice. I thought that was a bit interesting as a as kind of a bit where he's having all this trouble. Um. Yeah. All right, moving on. Favorite aspects and background catches. Um, I have one. I like the the build with the Groucho glasses and the finger guns. I like it because he's trying to prove he's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like, it's not that funny by itself. Like Tom said, it's old hacky bit. (laughs) But it fits into Bill looking for opportunities to try to prove that he's funny and he's not. So I kind of like that as a, a, you know, conceptual kind of catch, I guess, of it fitting Mm -hmm. into, like, the bigger idea. Um, but Tom, what was a what was another catcher or background thing that you noticed? Um, I don't know if it, it actually matters, but it's like the higher pitched horn that Mark Davis used. I don't I don't know why, but they mm-hmm. for some reason I guess the higher pitches were the one that they find funny, or or again they're just all in on laughing at anything <laughs> that Bill's not or that Bill does that somebody <laughs> else does. I don't know. Good. Yeah, that's a that is good. One. I didn't I didn't think about it, but now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, right. His horn was like higher pitch, yeah. and it was a, somehow a little bit more comedic. Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't studied up on the horn theory for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to make that my next read. Well, me so horny, um, you know. <laughs> Let's pray that's the name of the book. <laughs> no, that was Miles um, Davis's horn. book. <laughs> Miles. <laughs> That's a deep cut joke right there. There you go. Um, Lauren, what was uh, one of the background catches that you had on your list? I really like uh, Jimmy's surprised look when Dave tells him that the night or the 1893 on his official landmark paperwork is obviously a typo. It's a brief second, but Jimmy gives this wide-eyed stare, and it gives me the impression that Jimmy practiced feigning shock over something he obviously <laughs> knew already. <laughs> it's, it's a tiny detail, but it really makes me laugh. And I, and of course, then you get the follow-up bill bit of um, you know. I guess they didn't have good typewriters back in the 1800s. <laughs> that's such a <laughs> but no it's the the face he makes like this fake surprise look when dave tells him it's a typo i love that (laughs) yeah um i actually i I think we kind of mentioned one way or the other a lot of the things i had here just jimmy nodding along to matthew's explanations i thought that was great jimmy's wild west accent i ain't a fear to him (laughs) that was that was a great little part that he threw in there um i actually didn't have many more than that like i i Again, I think Tom's catch about the tea set was really good. Right? That it was actually a fancy tea set. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Yeah. It's like well polished silver or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, like 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 Cadbury should have been there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a boogie dancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, did anybody have any other background catches or aspects? 
I, I had one more tiny aspect that I liked. Um, I like the shoe print on Matthew's white undershirt after he gets trampled by the tour group. It's just so big and fake looking and perfectly placed. And I think the cartooniness of that gag is what made it funny to me. And also I like imagining that he had that under his button down the whole time. And so then when, when he gets like fake trampled, he's probably down there scrambling, like unbuttoning his shirt so that he can jump up with the giant shoe print. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, that was a nice touch. Actually, I left it in a different section. I'm like, because mm. <laughs> I had that too that he's got the big boot print on his chest yeah like, oh, um, and actually so now that I found my, my other part of my list that was mislabeled um, <laughs> Bill and Dave reacting to Walt flirting with Lisa in the opener they mm. both just make this face <laughs> over when, she, when he hits her with that line she's like oh Walt and you see both of them just go like ugh oh, I, I noticed Dave I didn't notice Bill I'm gonna have to go back and look for that yeah Bill might do it's almost like maybe like a half like a split second later but like he makes the face too it's the two of them just like ugh at, at watching Walt and uh, Lisa flirt a little yeah. bit so <laughs> okay so I think those are all the, uh, the details that we have there um Going to the next category that we have is Enigmas. Yep, Enigmas smothered in secret sauce. All right, I think a lot of us have a lot of questions about this episode. <laughs> so this should be good. Uh, Tom, what's one of the Enigmas that you had on your list that we didn't get to? Uh, first things first, why do they need a temp? Isn't Walt a temp? Like, why is Walt not doing Whoa. Beth's job? <laughs> That's a great I question. Mean, you know, he's not full-time. He's only been there, like, two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he's an intern, he's got to do all the crap stuff, right? right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what is he exactly supposed to be doing? Right. I mean... If, if not filling in for people. Yeah, just fawning over Lisa, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, petty four runs to the village. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, Lauren, do you have uh, another enigma here that we didn't get to? Yeah. So if Beth is on vacation and Nancy from accounting and Renee from ad sales are out with the flu, why does Dave say the girls will be back tomorrow? The flu is not a one day thing. That's a good point. Beth is going to be out long enough that they were going to hire a temp. So why does he assume anyone is coming back tomorrow? That is a good Mm. point. I did, uh, Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, <laughs> like, that's it's, it. It's just, it's just unanswerable, yeah, that's that all. Sense. That was 1998 when those one-day flus were going around. <laughs> Everybody knows that. She's got the flu. 18 hours max. These were the before times. <laughs> that's true. We're a little bit jaded now, aren't we? <laughs> um, okay. So one of my questions, which I probably would have gone with, is, how acceptable was it to bring porno mags to the office? <laughs> like, that whole scene was handled with just a little bit, like too much nonchalance yes. for my for my tastes. Of like again, I think you got Matthews in it too. So it's Joe and Matthew. Like Joe, we're not surprised that Matthew, we're a little bit surprised that. Also, his desk is much closer than wherever the hell Joe does whatever the hell Joe does. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, man, like she did not really uh, react as strongly. As I would expect for somebody in that situation. Um, so, yeah. So, how acceptable was it in the 90s to bring porno bags to the office? Because it's happened several times in this <laughs> yeah, office. This office, yeah. yeah. I think it's just this office. I don't I don't feel like that was, like, a widespread thing. 
<laughs> let's hope not, huh? Like, let's look at either that or, or Mad Men missed the right decade, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I think, though, that might have been a bit on Seinfeld where um, Brian Cranston's dentist character has, like, yeah. <laughs> Portum X oh, in yeah. his office in the, in the, the waiting, waiting room. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was a thing. So bad. Maybe. Okay. Um, Tom, what's another enigma that you had on your list? Uh, is Jimmy not invited to the tea parties like all the other guys? Oh. There, why is why is Jimmy left out? Is it because he has cultivated his bad uh, table manners and that's why they left him out? Mm. Although, interesting, you know, he did get lessons from Dave, so who knows? <laughs> and really interesting because he's back for that final meeting. Yeah. Because it's one of the things that makes that last meeting kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Bill is eating Dave up right in front of Jimmy right. and Lisa. And I'm just like, oh, man. Um, yeah, that is a good question. All right, Lauren, another enigma. Hit us. Why is the publicity department filled with creepers? Lisa yeah. says a weird guy from publicity thinks it's perfectly acceptable to spend half his day scratching himself in plain view of her desk. Then Dave asks, didn't I fire that guy? And Lisa says, not that one, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> does publicity, does that department attract creepers? Or when you get into that department, do you become a creeper? <laughs> That's a really good question. You would think publicity would have the most skills with, like, with other people. but um... Yeah, people skills, right? <laughs> Apparently not. Ball scratching is not a good people skill. (laughs) No. In any sense. Well, uh, Thad, among some cultures... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my second question would be, if Joe turned the elevator into a ride, would anybody die? <laughs> like, like show an elevator is a little bit back and forth. I believe him when he says he could turn it into a wild ride. But if he was given rides like four or five times a day, somebody gonna die? Some of that duct tape not gonna hold. Some of that <laughs> spit yeah. electrician work gonna give out? I don't know. Very possible. I, I think there's a good chance. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm kind of leaning towards yes on this one myself. At least a solid maiming. <laughs> um tom did you have any more on your list um okay we kind of discussed this before but how do they get everything in in pristine condition in what seems to be about 20 seconds now they've got a everybody has at least one article of clothing they have to put back on now i guess maybe if the shirt is already buttoned up for joe he could just kind of pull it over, tuck it in. It's tucked in, which it isn't before tucked. this. Um, so, yep. yeah, there's there's a lot going on. And then they've got to clear out all the trash that's on the, the desk, put the cigar out, and then dump that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and what do you yeah. do about the smell? Well, so I, that, I that think, smell is yeah. there. But right? the, the smell's not the point because it's all visual. The thing is, like, how much time do you think they have? 20 seconds, I agree, is not time. 60 seconds, I think, is more than enough time to actually get it done. So maybe the real question is how much time did it take for Lisa to walk out, talk to the temp, stop, talk to the temp again, and then walk back in. Okay. Because, I mean, to me, the person who has the most to do is Bill. Because Bill, for some reason, is wearing his shoes, even though his pants are off. <laughs> so Bill has to actually get his shoes, his shoes off, off, put his pants, pants back on, and then shoes. put his shoes back yeah. on. So, like, that's the latest one. Like, Joe, toss it, throws a shirt on. You know, like, Walt grabs stuff on the table, throws it out. He's got to put his shirt back on, too. He's, like, in a T-shirt, and he puts his dress shirt back on. 
Yep. And he's got to dust it back so you got on. A and again, like buttons. Bill, and... But I'm like, 60 seconds. She turns out. To me, it's because the door was open is what makes it tough. If the door right. is closed, right. I'm like, dude's like, boop, 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 boop. Throw that out. You do this. You do that. And then they're lined up by the door <laughs> waiting for it. Um, but you are right with the with the uh, silverware and the, the fancy stuff on top. That part, I'm like, I don't know. And then they do it quietly, out. too. Like, you can't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not mm-hmm. a racket. No Benny Hill music playing. Um, Lauren, I agree with you with the scent. Like, I agree with you. So I was like, man, she comes in, the first thing she's going to do is smell cigar. Like, you just can't yeah. get away from it. Yeah. You know, but, like, in terms of the visuals of everything, I was like, mm, I think they might be able to pull it off in, like, 60 <laughs> seconds. So what's the difference? 40 seconds. And, I mean, if, if Cheryl's, oh. like, if she's like most people, she's going to come in and smell that cigar and be like, Oh my gosh, do you have any milk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, these guys like the cigar and milk time like anybody else. It's just like okay. summers at my um, grandparents. <laughs> oh. Just thinking about it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so that's, yeah, so depending on the amount of time, maybe they could pull it off. Conceivably, it's possible. All right, if they had enough time. But yeah, it was, uh, again, it works as a scene for it's Lisa funny. thinking she's going to bust them. And she comes in and they're perfect gentlemen. <laughs> a thousand thank yous for feeling good today. I'm like, just too good. Too good. That's one I should have had on my, my favorite quotes. Just that was a thousand thank yous. So over the top. Mm. Yeah. Um, Okay, Lauren, do you have uh, a couple more questions? How many do you have? I have one more. Cause I, well, I had the um, question about the milk, but basically right. that's been covered. Um, <laughs> my only other question was, if the guys really had a tea party in the men's room every Wednesday, wouldn't Beth know about it? Ooh. In the episode Assistant, where Jimmy turns the men's room into a lounge, she emphatically stated that she uses the men's room all the time. Oh. I feel like at some point she's walking in on this tea party. Or... Does she get invited? Is she considered an honorary dude when it comes to tea party time? Hmm. Interesting. Good question. That is unanswerable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. I have, I want to see like two more. Um, Three more. One, where did all the costumes come from? Joe's got to have a costume guy, right? Because we're we're doing a, a costume mania unit. Mm-hmm. And in the, I know in one of the episodes, all of a sudden there's a couple costumes that come out. So like Joe's got to have a costume guy, right? Like someone in New York that he hits up for costumes. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he only sort cites the source for the microphone right, costume. Right. So where did the rest of these costumes come from? Right. And especially now, <laughs> getting good. Especially for a guy that traditionally doesn't wear costumes when it's like Halloween. He when is Joe's taller brother mm-hmm. or guy without socks <laughs> or you know. Or was that Bill? That might have been Bill. That's a good point. Um, so now I'm going to look at the microphone costume. What was it before Joe's alterations? <laughs> That's why when Tom said it in part A, I was like, oh, like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, mm. I'm like whatever that orange part is. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so that was... So that was a question I had. Like, what was it before they turned it into the microphone? <laughs> um, and uh, my final question has to be about the poster. <laughs> Two questions. One, was it an apartment or an office you think that they were looking into? Mm. Right? A little mm. creepy looking okay. at his apartment. Yeah. Kind of weird to have in an office. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, followed by, of course, whose poster was it? <laughs> Since I definitely grew up in the age where Baywatch posters were definitely going up on walls. My guess is Yasmin Bleeth, because I think that she really hit the, the social consciousness in a, in a large way before dropping out. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm hoping that Tom will, will take a guess and make me not sound as creepy as I think I'm sounding right now. It uh, could have been Pamela Anderson, I guess. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> anything is better than me not having anything followed up. Uh, yeah, no, but like I can't remember uh, Pamela who Anderson. Uh, Nicole Eggert. Oh, was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a Charles in charge. I had yeah. a little crush on yeah. Nicole Eggert. Um, <laughs> you know, again, Yasmin Bleeth was kind of really big at that time. I feel like there's at least what, Car- was Carmen Electra on Baywatch for a season? Could have been. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, again, Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra, as far as poster queens go, are the all-time, <laughs> cannot touch those. Those were in every dorm room that I've ever seen, I think. My first apartment, so, I think uh, me and my roommate had a had a Jenny McCarthy poster, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, they just <laughs> ran the poster game for adolescent boys for <laughs> a long time. Yep. So, um, so, yeah, so I had to wonder, whose poster was it, and are they... <laughs> creeping in somebody's apartment or is it somebody's workspace that's a little bit different i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no big (laughs) okay so i think those are all the enigmas that we had for the episode uh so now we're gonna go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internet all right So someone named Katana came to the message boards to say they had seen an E on the set segment discussing Brad Rowe's appearance on news radio. It was mostly about his good looks. Uh, They described him as uh, Brad Pitt on a budget. (laughs) And uh, they had a clip of Maura Maura Tierney saying he had that Brad Pitty look. Um, Dave Foley was also in the segment, although Katana didn't reveal what he said about Brad Rowe. She did mention that his hair was jet black. And that was because around this time, Dave was filming the movie Blast from the Past, starring Brendan (laughs) Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. Uh, Beth was noticeably absent from this episode. That was because Vicki Lewis was busy filming Pushing Tin, starring John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton. And speaking of Vicki's movies, this was right around the time that her movie Godzilla came out. The people on the message boards were heatedly debating whether or not it would be worth the price of admission, which led to a discussion of what a movie ticket was going for in various parts of the country at that time. Someone in Northern Virginia said it was seven fifty. Imagine paying seven fifty for a movie now. Wow. Uh, Tavy said New York City ticket prices were eight seventy five. Most people thought that price was outrageous. Um, it looks like the current ticket price for a movie in New York City is closer to $14 now. So, um, you know, inflation. Yeah. Inflation will get you every time. That's right. And this has been a time capsule from the internet. All right. You Thank you, Lauren. I uh, am definitely going to be looking at movie prices for the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the year, at least, in terms of what I go see and how much it costs. <laughs> Eight seventy-five. This is outrageous. I, I believe pushing um, tin. Uh, just to kind of go back, uh, Vicky was that was about um, air traffic controllers. So kind of yep. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> meet yep. up between oh, our nice nasty yeah, our fiftieth. Yeah, Fred from our fiftieth. Right. Yeah, good call. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, moving on, uh, we're going to have some general discussion about the cast, all right, some things that we noticed about the cast members that we definitely wanted to mention. Uh, Lauren, what did you have uh, for this category? Um, so this is our first Walt episode that we're covering, so I just wanted to mention Brad Rowe's character. Okay. Um, I thought Walt was a pretty well-defined character, and I liked the way he brought in, um, he was brought in as this nepotism hire for Jimmy, uh, but he's this young guy um, who no one really believes earned his job, who bends to Jimmy's every whim, um, but he, he seems to be somewhat competent at whatever job Jimmy does ask him to do. Um, at the very least, he's not disruptive, so I think... Um, I felt I just felt like his character opened up the possibility for new and interesting storylines, and I kind of mm-hmm. wish they had brought him back for season five, just so we could have seen where that would have went. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't know about him and John Lovitz. Like, I just it, there's something about that mix <laughs> that's like, ugh. but uh, but it would it is too bad that he didn't get a better opportunity, a bigger opportunity, because he had a lot of promise. That that discount Brad Pitt guy. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do we think? Sorry, sorry. Guys. How do we think he's related to Theo? Do you think they're brothers or are they cousins? Mm. <laughs> that would be hilarious if they were brothers. Yeah, because <laughs> like so that funny. that would have been um, a really genetic roulette there. But, you know, <laughs> David Cross and oh, yeah. If you had a Walt Theo episode, <laughs> oh man, like too good. Might, might find out about some deep seated family rivalry or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tom, what was something about the cast that you noticed? Uh, well, I think that the absence of Vicky Lewis is is definitely felt um, when I when I'm watching this episode. I feel it pretty keenly. Like there's just a, a little bit of an imbalance. Um, you know, obviously, at, after Catherine leaves, you know, after Candy is is off the show, um, there's a bit of a gap there. But then you also take out Vicky. It's really becomes a little i don't know it, this this episode to me is very stale i think because of the absence of vicky bush interesting I, I mean i like the way they steered into it i thought it was kind of clever to steer into it um and <laughs> kind of have like a boys day at the office type thing but yeah yeah but i can see that like like there is no uh there's like a little role that you feel like should have been filled and it's just kind of empty yeah it's it's like this this episode to me seems more broad than most of their episodes. Like, I mean, I, I know they get up to some weird stuff sometimes, but like this one, just like, and I get it. Like part of the joke is that this isn't actually funny, but it's like, to me, it's like a little sweaty. So yeah, my two cents. Okay. Um, I thought that it was a decent Jimmy episode. Uh, kind of weird. I didn't know really what to think. It's like, he was a little bit silly, which was kind of like, eh, but he wasn't all the way silly until he put on the guns and became the sheriff. I think. <laughs> um, but in general, it's like I, I didn't feel like he was completely out there. You know, I kind of liked Jimmy in the episode. He actually was my runner-up when I looked at the episode, because um, I thought he had a, a lot of really good parts, a lot of really good, <laughs> a lot of good reactions, a lot of key key moments in there. Um, well, and you know, we talk about how, like, in the beginning of the show, he's really this, like, cutthroat, very smart businessman, and by the end of the show, he's kind of this dumb, goofy guy, and we do, we get a little bit of both here, like, he's definitely purposely exploiting a tax loophole, mm-hmm. which right. is definitely more a cunning businessman, but he's having some silly fun at the same time, so yeah. this is, like, transition period for Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's you know, it's to me, it's like when they all crowd out to go look at the windows, and he leads the way. You know, it's like <laughs> he's a boy. Like, get me a six pack. I'll show you how this is doing. Like, hey, watch out, guys! Like, they just roll into Dave's office to go look out his window at a building across the street. Like, no, doesn't matter what's happening. We're rolling right in. We got business. Um, he's like the leader of their little gang. But yeah, it's um, I don't know. I, I just I enjoyed it, and I didn't think that he was over the top silly as we see in some of the other episodes. Yeah. Um, I do also want to mention I really like the heckler. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> he works here. Hey, man, thanks. It <laughs> helps us out a lot. <laughs> Would you be quiet? You know, like, like that heckler, like it can come off a lot of different ways. And that guy hit it perfect. Mm-hmm. He just absolutely <laughs> got it. And, um, and I was like, I got to at least throw this guy a shout out because it's. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes you laugh the hardest. Hey, man, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I thought the the kids were good too. The 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 two kids, yeah, that, like kind of heckled Matthew. Yeah. Um, were there any other discussions of the cast that we wanted to get into? I I just wanted to acknowledge that like this is Phil Hartman's last regular episode. You know, mm. we'll see him in Titanic, but as far as the true storyline of the regular show, this is Bill's last. Episode appearance mm-hmm. so um i really en- i really did enjoy his variety of goofy voices and impressions and the gag of that no one thought they were funny or that couldn't figure out who he was supposed to be impersonating but um i thought it was nice that he got to display some of his vocal talent in his last you know his final mm. episode yeah that's a, a good performance to well, i hate to say go out on but i know yeah, yeah it's rough but good. yeah Okay, do we have any other cast-related uh, things? Don't think okay. so. That's all I got. Um, so, we are going to talk about something on the fly, some added scenes that we would have uh, liked to add to this episode if we could. Uh, Lauren, what is a, an added scene? What's something on the fly that you have for this episode? So, I, I only had one this week. Um, I want to see a scene where Beth returns to work and the office looks like a frat house after a rager. It's like red solo cups strewn about. Bill's boxer shorts are hanging from her desk chair for no apparent reason. Um, and when Beth asks about what happened while she was on vacation, the men in the office all band together to blame the chaos on Lisa. <laughs> Lisa fervently denies it, but Beth tells her, it's okay, Lisa. You don't have to deny it. I just wish you felt like you could be yourself around me. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a scene I, I want to see. I do like them <laughs> extending the whole blame it on Lisa. I think that would be pretty funny. <laughs> Good. Uh, Tom, what's an added scene that you have? What's something on the fly? I'd like to see what, what happened in that break room when they're getting it cleaned up uh, before <laughs> Cheryl comes in. I like. I think that would be a funny montage, or, or not really montage, but just like set to music as they rapidly <laughs> clean everything up. Yeah. <laughs> then I see that would be really good. <laughs> like, I, I, like, in my head, it's still Benny Hill, but it doesn't yeah. really matter. As long as there's a little, maybe some fast motion of them like yelling at each other from here there. I'll take it. I think uh, Under Pressure by Billy Joel would be good for that. <laughs> okay. Or Pressure. I think it's called Pressure. That's great. I'm like, I can't think of this. Um, so the scene I would have liked, I have two scenes, but uh, the first one is Bill by himself practicing doing all the funny voices with a stopwatch in his hands. <laughs> like he's trying to do it and he just can't quite get it. Like there's just something just not right, but he's trying to go through as fast as Mark Davis did. Um, I thought that would be kind of a little funny thing to have on the side. <laughs> um, and then just squeaking the horn at it and throwing it away. I don't know. 
Um, do you, does anybody else have any scenes? I've got one more. That was all, all I had. All right. So mine is Joe going back to the costume guy like two, three times for different costumes. <laughs> I was like, if Joe has a costume guy, it'd be pretty funny to him. He shows up and he's got this microphone thing he carries out. Then as he goes back, he's got cowboy hats on. He's carrying it out. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like maybe he tries to return the microphone afterwards. And the guy's like, what's this supposed to be? Like, <laughs> he can't figure out what he modified this in some way. What's it supposed to be now? <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought that would have been... Again, I'm really going with this Joe has a costume guy thing for this unit. So <laughs> yeah. I thought that would be good. Prove me right in this scene, and then we'll just kind of move on. <laughs> uh, so now we can get to our catch-all category, where we can go over any of the things that we did not mention previously in the podcasts. Um, I do have a, a list, a couple of variations of things, so I'm very curious to see what you guys have on your lists. Um, Lauren, what's something you have on your catch-all? Um, really just for, for catch all stuff, it was all costume related. Okay. So I kind of yeah. want to save that for our costume discussion. Uh, yeah. Okay. A, a couple Same. nice little details I wanted to make sure get mentioned. Okay. I think that's more than fair. Uh, Tom, did you have, uh, much for the catch? Uh, no, no, really was just costume related. Okay. <laughs> so I've got a couple different ones. Um, first of all, worst hair episode possibly. Uh, Dave and Bill in that scene where Bill comes in, their hair both of them just does not look great. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know timing wise, project wise, wig wise, haircut wise, but I was like, this may be an all time bad hair episode for the fellas here. Yeah, oh, it sounds no. like a wig for Dave because of the blast from the past. Bit, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it just didn't quite look right. right. And then Bill's hair seems like it's almost two different shades in mm-hmm. the lighting too. So I was like, we have season a four season was a rough. Now. It was a rough season for hair lighting for some reason. Everybody kind of mm. looked reddish, weird. Yeah. To me, it was very noticeable in this one. I was like, well, that's not right. I go, well, he's not right either. So that's not good at all. Um, I had uh, I made a mention of Mark Jonathan Davis as himself in the credits. Um, yeah. I was kind of wondering what that was. He technically played himself. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, so he must be a guy that does stuff. And then Tom filled us in that he has a whole nother band and, and life now. So yeah, he, that like started, I guess like two years after this episode um, came out. Okay. So, so maybe a thousand and one songs. For <laughs> Richard. Chief. He's getting there. He's getting there. Um, okay. I think I got three more here. Uh, I remember my first beer too, you little snot. I think it's a terrible line. I hate that. Really? Line. I really can't stand that line. I'm like, what, what does it mean? This kid's on a radio station pointing something out. It's like, yeah, I remember my first beer too. Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's just Matthew trying to say that, like, you're a kid and I'm not, right. so shut yeah. up. I think that's the point of that yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't like the line. Like, what, like, who is drinking? What is happening? Like, the parents? What? Yeah, I, I just, I didn't care for it. <laughs> so, thumbs down. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, I have an in real life. I happen to come across this. I listen to a, a podcast called The Heist Podcast, um, where these, these two guys just kind of joke around and they kind of break down some heists. It's a lot of fun. And I just happened to go to an episode called Crazy Eddie. All right. And I was like, mm. oh, and so I, the real life Crazy Eddie was like an electronics store owner, but him and his family basically were running the scam, you know, of like shorting the inventory and blowing up the books. And then he took it public and like 
all like he, he this guy actually sent a relative to like accounting school to become accountant for the firm that was going to uh, do the accounting on his company <laughs> so that they could run the scam later. Wow. Like, mm. so this whole crazy Eddie, and it was in, I believe in like the New Jersey, New York area. So I was kind of wondering if crazy Eric was a play on that. If that was just the time where everybody was crazy, but I just happened to come across this podcast and listen to it. I was like, Oh man, like, <laughs> Whoa, hmm. that's cool. <laughs> was like, that's ah. really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, again they do a much better job of kind of breaking down the story. But I was uh, crazy, a crazy somebody owning an electronic store. Yeah. I was like connection. Nice. <laughs> I like the long game okay. of sending somebody to work for the people that are going to be right? auditing you. That's uh, foresight right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was like like some Sergeant Bilko stuff of like look this way and they're like moving boxes. <laughs> I guess they had a guy on the inside and so he would tell them when they were gonna go like check warehouses. So they would move the stock overnight to the different warehouses to make it seem like their inventory was like five times what it was. Wow! wow. You know, like, they they really did it. So Man. yeah, crazy Eddie. <laughs> um, okay, so my last one is a conspiracy theory. Uh, not a very good one, but a conspiracy theory. Uh, this is actually the Joker origin story. Uh, Bill can't stand not being thought of as funny. Sees his own jokes used against him. Snaps. Starts fighting back. That's what I got. That's my news radio conspiracy story. Uh, Bill turns into the Joker, um, and that's why he disappears. And he's off fighting Batman. And they, I like they, it. And they cover it up <laughs> as a heart attack, and only Dave uh, that's exactly, only Dave knows exactly. the truth. <laughs> so I Matthew was am, right. And, he faked his own death. That, yeah, yeah. That's why. That was right the whole time. Dave knew it, and that's why the, the eulogy was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, again, he's got to go fight Batman. Right. He's like, what do you mean I'm not funny? <laughs> um, it's too much from his ego couldn't take it. That's what it was. Right, yeah, that was kind of terrible, but I was like, well, uh, if there's anywhere, if there's anywhere to say something so ridiculous, this is the category. There you go. This is where it goes. <laughs> okay. All right. So since this is costume mania, uh, we decided for this unit that we are going to talk about the best costumes in each episode. Uh, our we're gonna we're gonna get a little vote, and the winner will go to the recap episode final. And we will have a final in our recap episode to determine the best costume of the costume mania unit all right so we've got four costumes um we have walt as mikey the microphone uh versus matthew as a cowboy with the large brown hat and the woody woolly vest all right um and then the next matchup the next bracket we've got jimmy as the sheriff versus walt as bad bart <laughs> all right so those are our four costumes so i'm going to ask uh my co-hosts uh between the walt as mikey the microphone and matthew the cowboy which of those two was the better costume tom i'm gonna go with matthew as a cowboy uh that that hat um is really funny it's just so tall it's crazy it's kind of like it's like the pharrell hat but just not with it's not pushed in at the top (laughs) it it definitely is a good hat um i'm gonna vote for mikey the microphone 
So I'm gonna put it at one to one because I just, just again I wouldn't put that costume on, but I am very intrigued by that costume. <laughs> so Lauren, which one is going on to the finals? It's gonna be Mikey the microphone. Ah. I like the way you can see Walt's face kind of hidden behind that mesh over the top of the microphone. And just the fact that he looks so uncomfortable in it is what brings all the comedy to that costume for me. He does look uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> and that fluffy, the very woolly, whatever it was supposed to be, cowhide vest or whatever that Matthew was wearing. I was just like, Ooh, just, yes. just don't touch it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I did like the hat. But that fuzzy woolly vest was just, ugh. I can Can I just real quick interject? Matthew's shirt with the roosters on it. Oh, yeah. That is the yeah. that is that is one of the best shirts. It's so funny. It's like not great. Like, I, I, you know, I wouldn't wear that. But it's really funny, like, to look at. Yeah. No, it is a great shirt. Coupe Makes chickens. you wonder, like, where did they yeah, find that, that, that shirt? I mean. Shirt. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, it should be ironic, but I kind of like it at, like anyway, a really. brown shirt with pink and orange and purple roosters is just wild. <laughs> I'm just hexagon crazy, really, myself. I saw that chicken coop wire and who I wanted that shit. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we have Jimmy dressed as the sheriff versus Walt dressed as Bad Bart. Lauren, who do you think is as a better costume? I'm going to give this one to Jimmy. Um, I love how he literally just put the vest and the holster over his normal suit and didn't even try to like adjust the jacket or anything. So it looked like it fit better. Um, I thought the hat looked really good on him and I, and I loved the sheriff badge. (laughs) Those little details put him just a little bit ahead of uh, Walt in the black vest and the black cowboy hat. (laughs) Very good. Very good. All right, Tom, who do you have between Jimmy as a sheriff and Walt as Bad Bart? I have to agree with Lauren. Um, yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's outfit was great because, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of um, anything that he did to make it more look more uh, correct, you know, wearing it over the suit and everything. But uh, whereas, you know, Walt's looked kind of, Feasibly, yeah, you could kind of see something like that in the Old West, maybe. But this, I, I think it's just funnier because it's so outlandish. Yeah, I actually really, really loved it. I thought that was, that probably would have been my keepsake, was it be the Jimmy Sheriff outfit. Uh, <laughs> I was a big fan. It looks great with the gray suit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how they should have dressed in the Wild West, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to do one more vote, and, uh, and then we'll get on to the next category. But... We are going to send either Walt as Mikey the Microphone or Jimmy as the Sheriff to our recap episode final. Um, Tom, who are you sending? Who do you want to go to the recap episode final? Mikey the Microphone or the Sheriff? Uh, Sheriff Jimmy. All right, Lauren, Mikey the Microphone or Sheriff Jimmy? I'm going Mikey the microphone, so you're going to have to be the deciding vote here. I am, He's the and decider. I ain't afeard of no microphone, so Jimmy, <laughs> as the sheriff, is going to the recap of some yeah. of the All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, so for each episode, we are going to go through all the costumes. We'll do a, a very short vote like we just did, and when we get to the recap episode, we will decide who has the most costume maniac of the costume mania episode costumes. All right. Uh, moving on to the next category. 
our episode explained badly slash headlines a fan favorite uh lauren <laughs> what is one of yours uh local reporter files harassment suit after being purposely misgendered in the workplace <laughs> <laughs> lauren these aren't supposed to be real headlines it's a little too real right. i guess yeah like a little too on the head but yeah Yep, definitely an accurate way to kind of describe how that episode is headed. All right, Tom, lay one on me. The 1930s called. They want their shitty jokes back. (laughs) (laughs) That's better than it should be. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I've got broadcaster announces that he's funny gets questions and puzzled looks not laughs, <laughs> yeah. don't worry i got two more <laughs> lauren give me another one of yours please um local radio personality delivers news in a ver- variety of offensive accents causing several complaints and fcc violations <laughs> <laughs> I think Bill just went on the air and did the voices anyway, and people oh, were like, man. that's racist. I'm calling in. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, you know what's so, um in the Mark Davis, he says cotton picking. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, you don't yeah, say yeah. that. No, don't, then you I was don't like, say that. Right, in the mid-90s, like, that was, you know, <laughs> that was fine. Like, that was not, uh, we didn't have the awareness, you know, yeah. of how insensitive that was. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I picked that out, so I was like. That guy's getting killed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I only knew that term from Yosemite Sam. Like, that was the only Mm. person I ever heard say cotton picking. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Cartoons. Yeah. I mean, again, it was in popular culture for a long time, so there it goes. Um, All right, Tom, do you have another uh, episode of Spain Badly or headline? Uh, Bro's gone wild. (laughs) Ladies are out of the office for the day. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. Bro's gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm like Lawrence was so good. I'm like maybe I should even do this one. Uh, but I'm gonna do it because I have. A, I think what's a good one left. Uh, billionaire gets historical landmark status. Transforms office into Wild West tour for tax breaks. Episode explained badly. <laughs> maybe not badly enough. Okay. I had a, I had a similar one to that. <laughs> It was kind of tough. I'm like, well, oh, this is a little bit too accurate. Like, there's nothing to be funny about this. Like, this is going to TV guide. I know. Mine, mine's kind of a little too accurate, too. Um, I've got billionaire media mogul exploits tap, tax loophole, surprising no one. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Lauren, you're supposed to make these up. You're not supposed to take them from real papers. <laughs> oh, I thought I was supposed to open the New York Times. <laughs> Sorry. I misunderstood. <laughs> too good. Too good. We'll just have to open up our own paper. Move to New Hampshire. Well, move to New Hampshire. Open up our own paper. Okay, Tom, do you have any more? I'm all tapped out. Lauren? Nope, that's it. All right, so for better or worse, this is the closer. Secret work tea parties. What is your men's room hiding? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got. It turns out when I do these headlines, I want them to be questions all the time. I don't know. Maybe I read too many gossip magazines growing up. (laughs) But I'm like, it's always like a question. Most men's room is just hiding stuff that you need shots for. <laughs> Facts. But it, to me, it is kind of funny, the idea of, like, there's all these, there's a secret 
men's room tea culture that's actually like actually <laughs> happening like there's literally multiple multiple bathrooms across multiple cities where men are having tea in bathrooms and nobody knows like just, it's just ultra top secret women have no idea it's a tea party network nationwide <laughs> pretty much pretty much it's like speakeasies during prohibition <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> hey man you got any earl gray <laughs> i need it <laughs> okay uh the next episode on the hoodoo factory conveyor belt will be halloween for our costume mania unit until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out, grabitgear.com. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for absolute fever. Good night, pumpkin. But a fuko to you too. Pantyhose. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. Hey, news radiologists, stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Stolen Dress Entertainment proudly presents its new educational documentary series, The Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour Podcast. In it, you will learn such things as the origin of jelly. So he went home and did his dog in the cage. Yeah. Yes, you can take a guess at what he put in the donut. The discovery of synthetic cheese. So along comes this little guy, whom we all know and love, just know actually. Wedgie, all he can help you. Can you? Yes, I've got a solution. What is it? Synthetic cheese. Ta-da! and the brewing process of candy mead. I get like one of those giant microbrew things, right? Put it on the grudge. I fill it with like a 12 pack of Bud, Bud Light, throw in a bunch of candies and just leave it there for a year. Won't you join us every Monday at www.danandj.com? We learn you good.